0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury Inside the Heart of a Champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790 The Ticket. Hey, good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It's Fighters Fury here with you on 790 The Ticket. do with you as I'll take you across the next hour of the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. A lot of news and notes to get to. A lot of results from last night in the fight game that we have to get to. In both the sweet science and the free-form fighting style of mixed martial arts. I actually want to start in the UFC. UFC Winnipeg Fight Night on Fox yesterday. First of all, shout out to UFC on Fox. And the reason is, I'll watch any card if it's 8 to 10. I mean, the 8 to 10 window of fighting is fantastic. Jonathan Zaslow, he always says on this uh, on this radio show, you guys can hear him every morning, 5.30 to 9 a.m., about the heat starts. When the heat starts at 7 o'clock, he'd love to make sweet love to 7 o'clock starts. And I got to say, I echo those sentiments for the 8 to 10 card for UFC. Not going into 1 a.m. Eastern time for UFC cards is Fantastic done by 10, maybe a 15 minute overrun and you're done. It's fantastic. And we did have HBO to get to afterwards, so I was still up pretty late last night even though it was a bit of a bore fest. I don't mean bore fest in that it wasn't compelling to watch Billy Joe Saunders beat the hell out of David Lemieux. It just was it was decided upon by the the fourth round. I mean that David Lemieux wasn't going to be anywhere in that fight. But we'll get to that fight in a minute because Last night's main event, Robbie Lawler versus Rafael dos Anjos, was a, made to be somewhat of a, of a number one contendership. Dana White had come out earlier this year and said, winner of that fight is going to get Tyron Woodley next. And there's been some weird things with Tyron Woodley regarding his health, whether or not he's going to have shoulder surgery, whether he'd put off shoulder surgery. He'd only, put should, uh, he'd only ha- not have sh- uh, shoulder surgery if it was a fight against GSP or a Diaz brother. We know that Tyron Woodley's been, he's been he's been in a hard chase after you know, a big money fight, a marquee fight, and Rafael dos Anjos definitely wouldn't be under that billing. It would just you know it, it just it doesn't have the gravitas of fighting a GSP or a Nate Diaz does, but he definitely does have the merit. Now that can't be denied. I have to say, going into this fight, I didn't think Rafael dos Anjos had a chance in hell. At beating Robbie Lawler and I had a couple things that went into my logic for this um the last time he fought a guy I would say of of Robbie's style would be Eddie Alvarez and that was at 155 pounds you know Eddie is a great great striker brawler tough as hell brings it right into the kitchen of you and he beat he beat the the hell out of Hatfield Dosanjos, took his belt away parlayed that into a fight with Conor McGregor and just has that vicious style I just didn't think Rafael had the striking to stick with him so now you up a weight class and yeah maybe Dos Anjos was a little bit healthier and, and feeling a little bit better so his gas tank would be a little bit better at 170 pounds but I just didn't think he'd have the ability to take Robbie down I didn't think that he would be able to put I didn't think he'd have anything for Robbie Lawler that would really put Robbie Lawler in danger and this was a strange fight I was totally wrong he ended up putting up a shutout decision there did seem and these haven't been confirmed but I think anybody with the with, with eyeballs who watched this it did seem like Robbie Lawler definitely was dealing with some kind of a lower body injury and he didn't he didn't sit down anytime on the uh, uh during breaks in the fight he was standing up so I don't know if that was a case where he didn't want to uh, – he didn't want what looked and appeared like a knee injury. He didn't want any further damage of it or aggravating it. He wanted to kind of just be in the moment, numb it. Um, I don't know what caused it. I don't know if he came into camp with this. I don't know if this happened in the midst of a fight. He didn't talk afterwards um, to, to John Anik. Javier de was very, very successful with these lower leg kicks. That would make it Robbie's leg swell up, but at one point in the middle of the, in the fight, you could hear him say it was the other leg. It wasn't even the lead leg that he was getting hit with that was bothering him, but there were strange moments. Like there was a point where, you know, Dos Anjos had Robbie Lawler up against the cage and, and it called that he was knocked down by a, by an elbow, but he really wasn't, you know, he was, he was, he, he rolled off the elbow, didn't get hit clean with it and he almost got shoved down basically by Rafael Dos Anjos. And it wasn't like a, a very impactful shove either. So there was clearly something messed up with Robbie, Robbie Lawler. I don't know if it happened in the midst of the fight. I don't know if it happened uh, before the fight or what. But he gutted it out. He was, uh, he was a bit of a sitting duck at times. And you could just tell that gas tank for Robbie Lawler where he's able to put full throttle and go brawling. There was about one of those in this fight. And... I don't think he was truly worried about Rafael Dos Anjos. Hell, there was a point in the second round where Dos Anjos has Robbie Lawler up against the cage. And I think UFC broadcast said that he had a 23-second unanswered combination on Robbie Lawler and wasn't hitting him clean with most of it. A couple body shots got in, but Robbie Lawler was rolling off it like, like a pro's pro, like the striking master that he was, smiling at one point at Dos Anjos. Thought that Dos Anjos maybe went and emptied his gas tank in an effort to finish Robbie Lawler because he had him in that kind of trouble. But when you expected Robbie Lawler, okay, I'm going to answer back and I'm going to come at you, just wasn't there. That next gear that we're used to with Robbie Lawler wasn't there. And I, I'm chalking it up to health. I don't think it was a case where he uh, he wasn't in, in in great condition for this fight. We know Robbie Lawler. Is in superb condition, maybe the best fifth round fighter in the UFC. So you can't you can't go in there and think, oh, well, Robbie Lawler just didn't come into shape. That's just not his style. Uh but Rafael Dos dosanjos gets the win. What can you do? That's that those are the men who were in the cage, and the stakes of that fight were whoever whoever gets their arm raised is probably gonna get a title shot next. And you gotta respect Robbie Lawler for making the walk, or if he did get hurt in the fight finishing off the fight and and not not pulling out he wanted to do everything that he could he wasn't going to quit and much respect much respect to Ruthless Robbie Lawler and big respects to Javier Desanjos who not only put forth a great effort was very diverse in his striking kept the pressure on Robbie the entire time uh was was risking it even when he probably had Robbie Lawler soundly beat by rounds was in his kitchen non-stop was trying to finish that fight um you know, so he gets he gets the spoils. What can you do? This is this is uh, this is the fight game that we follow. So Hafield Osanjos is in line now to fight Tyron Woodley. He is, I imagine, going to vault into the number two status. And right now your top three looks like this. Tyron Woodley's your champion, Wonderboy is number one contender. He's never gonna fight Tyron Woodley on the face of this planet again uh hotfield Sanjos, i imagine is going to drop uh, is going to rise to number two and you got colby covington at number three um colby covington's an interesting wild card in all of this in that he has the mouth for this he is trying to play the absolute heel of the division so i think interest wise he's going to be able to make it a grudge match against anybody and the other wild card of this is what about tyron Woodley's health what is he going to do now if he gets the surgery, if he opts to miss a lot of time, does Hafilo Dosanjos wait this out? He's got a perfect record in welterweight. He's certainly up there. He could use the recovery. Um, so does he wait until July, August to actually face Tyron Woodley for the welterweight title, or do we have another number one contendership and we have Colby Covington fight Hafilo Dosanjos? Now, there's a couple of things with this. I think. Colby Covington could use another fight, just to be in the spotlight. This new bad guy image of him, this 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 Chael Sonnen protege, if you will, from the same same part of the country, making the Brazilians upset. I think, from my standpoint, I'd like to see him still on the scene. But then you ask yourself, well, who does he really face? If you're if you're positioned at three, what really gets him? What really gets him that 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 next bump for people to really be Jones in to see him fight for the title, and the only fight you could really say well you should fight Hatfield Dos Anjos that's obvious he's he's fight a Brazilian in Brazil again but this time you have either a number one contendership on the line or you have a title on the line. Now I think the Covington card, if you will, with Dos Anjos can be played either way if you wait it out. I think if you do it in Brazil for the title, eventually down the road, I think that that could be monster. I mean, you're almost trying to recreate uh, Son vs. Anderson 1 again. And that'd be fantastic. Or you could just do it in line to go get the title. Because if Covington goes out and he beats Damian Maya, who's 5, and he beats Rafael dos Anjos, who will be, I imagine, 2, pretty undeniable to give him his title shot at that point. Um... But from my standpoint, he is new on the scene, so I can understand why you'd want to put that in the toaster a little bit, let it, let it simmer, let him, let him uh, continue to just go talk bleep about everybody. You know, at this point, he is trying to uh, to just bother everyone. Hell, he got Fabricio Verdum to hit him with a boomerang, which he got fined $600 for, by the way. You know, fi- hitting someone with a boomerang is assault, but it also is a funny visual because it's almost cartoonish, a boomerang. Who the hell has a boomerang? I know they were in Australia, but good God. Either way, um, at some point, the Covington versus Dos Anjos matchup, you want to see that. So I guess the question remains, do you guys, do we do that in a number one contender status? Do we do it right away? I think we do. And the reason is this. I don't know if I'm confident Rafael Dos Anjos goes into a title fight and beats Tyron Woodley. I really am not. And... I just look at this from the standpoint of, all right, what does Dos Anjos do better than Tyron? Is he going to take him down? Probably not. I mean, Damian Maya couldn't get close to him. Are we going to say who's a better submission artist, Dos Anjos or Damian Maya? Nah. Uh, Steven Wonderboy Thompson, is he better striking than him? Nah. Uh, He did beat Robbie Lawler. What did Tyron Woodley do to Robbie Lawler? Flatlined him. So... I really don't know what, what Dos Angeles has for Tyler Woodley that would make you think he's going to win that fight. Um, you know, save for, if you still want to make the gas tank argument for Woodley, but I think both of these guys, you could look at their body types and say, yeah, if it gets to do a slug fest, you could question how much they're going to, be able to go. But man, I think, I think Woodley's really answered that question to the fullest as far as his gas tank. I mean, he's been in five round fights now. Now look, the output has not been superb from, from Woodley. I mean, I think he had the fewest strikes thrown in a welterweight title fight in that in that matchup against Damian Maya. So it's not like he's really pressing forth the offense on it, but then we also know that his, his shoulder was injured in that fight. I I think the move right now is, look, I think what you do with Woodley for right now, because Woodley's buzz right now is a little bit down as far as a champion is concerned. I think him almost being on the shelf would be helpful for him. He's obviously not going to be out of the limelight he is on the coverage for basically every UFC major fight, which I don't love. I, I don't love the fact that you have the champion up there for a welterweight title fight. But I've been on this for a while. I don't love it for a couple of reasons. I don't like the fact that he can spin um, what he just saw. I don't like that he can shoot down whatever. And this isn't just a con- uh, this isn't just a shot at Tyron. I just don't like the idea. What is the champion supposed to build up opponents or is he supposed to shoot down? And then. Do you want the champion to say, eh oh, yeah, he's got a shot against me? No, he's not going to say that. So I just think it's awkward. I think in those moments where you have number one contenderships on the line, if you will, don't have him on the desk that night. I would swap it out, have Bisbing on the desk that night or whomever. And the same thing goes for, you know, if there's a light heavyweight number one contendership, don't have DC on the call. And if there's uh, 85, if, if Bisping was the champ, don't have Bisping on the call. I don't, I don't like that. I know they do because they like to have that footage immediately. Oh, we're going to have them talk and there's going to be tension. It's just, it just does nothing for me. It, does nothing. It's, it feels forced. You know, one guy just fought. One guy's been in a suit the whole time. What, what do you want? You want these guys to come to blows really afterwards? I just don't think it's a good buildup for these things. Um, so I think the move should be right now. Covington, Dos Anjos. Covington still getting new onto the scene. He has his his the ace of his up his sleeve of fighting in Brazil. Has Brazil pissed at him? Have him fight Dos Anjos, and have those guys fight for the true number one contendership. Let Tyron Woodley be on ice for a little bit, get healthy, and I think that will do everybody good. I think people. I think either way, Dos Anjos is either going to come out of that thing undeniable. Or Covington's gonna win that fight, and people are gonna be even more jonesing to see him fight. They're gonna be they're gonna be they're gonna be red hot to see Covington fight. He'll probably be in another scenario where he's in Brazil, and if he ends up getting the win, I'm sure we'll go wild on people and then 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 it becomes about the the, the absolute wait out period for when Tyron gets healthy and he can do a lot of bleep talking. I think the build-up for those two guys will be will be pretty fantastic anyway because they have you know for background they have a bit of a uh, a personal past as it is anyway. So I think it would be pretty great. I think I think those guys would be uh, would be fantastic pinned against each other in a UFC matchup. So that was the big headline out of last night. Dos Anjos gets the best of Robbie Lawler. Lawler looks like he was banged up in the fight but you know props to him for getting through it props to Jafiel dos Anjos for solidifying himself he certainly is deserving of a title shot but I don't know if you do it right now especially if Tyron is going to be out for a little bit I don't think that Tyron's going to put anything off health wise recovery wise to fight Rafael dos Anjos so in the meanwhile have dos Anjos fight Covington in Brazil let's go I think, I think it speaks for itself We come back, we have a major, major twist and comeback in the heavyweight division. Finally official, a a certain someone is cleared to fight. Plus, we'll recap a little bit of what went down. HBO Boxing last night, Billy Joe Saunders taking on David Lemieux. That's that's on Fighters Fury right after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Fighters Fury here on of The Ticket. So last night, you had HBO Boxing. Billy Joe Saunders was taking on David Lemieux for a piece of the middleweight crown. Billy Joe Saunders making easy work of David Lemieux. Really, I mean, David Lemieux had nothing for him. And quite frankly, um, <laughs> anybody who had a round for him, I think should be questioned immediately. Like sometimes these things, when they're in lopsided decisions, you, you don't get as outraged because at least the result is what it should be. Billy Joe Saunders wins a lopsided decision. Now, man, that guy pitched a shutout yesterday. And anybody who has anything different to say, those judges who gave him three rounds or gave him two rounds, I don't know what pity you were trying to bestow upon him or I don't know what influence the crowd had on you. That was an embarrassing performance by David Lemieux yesterday. He got worked so badly by Billy Joe Saunders. It was really, really impressive. Billy Joe Saunders... I thought my favorite move that he did David Lemieux misses a a a left hook and Billy Joe Saunders is looking in the crowd as if as if he just hit a monster tee shot just just flying 400 yards away it was fantastic uh he looked great he he probably I think uh he probably could have finished him if he would have poured the gas on a little bit more but he was hurting David Lemieux that wasn't a case of you know, people were were coming into this and thinking, ah, it's going to be pitter-patter. It's going to be boring. I didn't find any of that boring. I thought it was very compelling. He was very exciting with the, the way he was making David Lemieux miss. Um, and he was bringing him with some serious, serious counterwork that was very impressive. His one-two was was really, really bothering David Lemieux. And I thought, I thought really had a couple of opportunities where he probably could have finished that fight. Um, but... I think it also made his point that not here to knock David Lemieux out and it was just to embarrass David Lemieux. And I got to say, Lemieux afterwards, where he's just like, well, fought that fight running. I hate that. I, I don't, don't come at me if you're David Lemieux and say, oh, a guy did that running. People did that to Floyd all the time. Oh, well, Floyd, he's out there. He's running. No, man, just because you can't hit a guy, that's your fault if a guy's in there and there's nothing you can do to put gloves on him or make him adjust that that that's that's a you problem oh he's out there and he he's he's out there running you know he's a he's a chicken he's not a real man look this is this is this is not his problem now are there people who are out there and they're not engaging those those are different i mean but billy billy joe saunders he's out there he's throwing punches man this isn't a case of of he's going out there and he's sticking it in every now and then and putting a jab on you no 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 no. that's not what happened yesterday i mean he was he was using your face for target practice and it wasn't even comparable i mean you're out there and and you're you're big whiffing out there with your punches so i don't know what david lamuse out there spewing oh you know he went with two 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 uh, age-old arguments when it came to to boxers He goes, uh, well, I couldn't use my left hand the way I wanted to. So I don't know if he's alluding to that his hand was injured, although I don't know what it would have gotten injured on because all he was doing was hitting air yesterday. And then he goes, well, my opponent was running. Like, he was? I saw a lot of times that he was right in your kitchen and you couldn't touch him. So that was bothersome to me for David Lemieux. And from my standpoint, can be out of the title picture for a little bit now. Now, what does David Lemieux do now? I mean, what does uh, Billy Joe Saunders do now? You know, he called out Gennady Golovkin afterwards. That ain't happening soon. Uh, Gennady Golovkin, Canelo, they seem like they're finalizing Cinco de Mayo weekend. And really, if Cinco de Mayo isn't anything but Canelo Alvarez versus Triple G, somebody needs to be slapped across the face with a fish. I'm serious. I, I would go to Publix right now. I'll grab myself a hog snapper and I will cut that thing, and I will slap Oscar De La Hoya and whoever the hell Gennady Golovkin's promoter is for not making this thing happen. There's nothing more that needs to be said. You had a disputed result between Canelo and Triple G. You have the biggest boxing weekend of the year. It's always Canelo's weekend. You put Canelo Alvarez against Triple G. If it's anybody else, somebody should be fired. That's it. So, Billy Joe Saunders, all due respect, no, sir. We will get you and Triple G at another time not this year, maybe at the end of the year, if you so please. But if he does want one in the meanwhile, they were talking about Daniel Jacobs last night. Now, hear me out on this. Stablemate of Billy Joe Saunders is Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury this week was cleared finally by the British Boxing Commission to go fight again. Uh, his suspension or his ban was backdated two years, hasn't fought in two years, so he's cleared to fight. We know that the Tyson Fury comeback is in the midst you guys can see him on instagram he is trying to lose weight get himself into fighting shape and ultimately the goal for him is to go and fight anthony joshua or ultimately he wants to go fight deontay wilder or be back atop the heavyweight picture but he has said many a times that he wants a comeback fight he wants somebody to just get back into the flow boxing. this guy hasn't been in a ring for two years and probably by the time he gets into a ring again might be pushing three years or the better part of two and a half so he needs an opponent and he was uh he was in Montreal this week for Billy Joe's fight and I will give credit to Manny Montreal you guys can follow him on YouTube or at I think it's Manny MTL on Twitter but he caught up with Tyson Fury was asked hey who do you want as your comeback fight man do you want it to be uh David Price your your longtime rival do you want to be Dylan White um, you know, who's always kind of kicked upon as a, uh, a guy who's on second run of these of the main heavyweights. or we know there's been a lot of chatter between you and Shannon Briggs. And to my surprise, because I thought a lot of this was BS, Tyson Fury comes out flatly and he says, if I had it my way, Shannon Briggs. Shannon the Cannon Briggs. I think it'd be fun. I think it would be an epic buildup. and I think it'd be a great comeback fight. How about that? How about that? The Gypsy King wants to take on the Cannon, and I'm all for it, man. We've been talking about this, and really, it shouldn't be a surprise. You know, when this stuff was was coming out, and Tyson Fury was talking about all the people that he wants to take down, when it came to a comeback fight, what do they want to see next? He had his own Twitter account put out a poll. Got 77,000 votes, and the results came back. They want to see him fight Shannon the Cannon breaks. You had other websites, other entities, newspapers in Britain. Coming back, tens of thousands of votes, Shannon the Cannon Briggs. You have Twitter accounts, their own polls. Tens of thousands of results, Shannon the Cannon Briggs. The people have spoken. They know what kind of buildup that's going to be. Maybe one of the best of all time. I mean, come on. Two guys who know how to promote a fight, both are looking for a comeback. Both have almost the same, they come from different parts of the world, but a lot of what they battled is the same. Tyson Fury talks about, You know, the depression that he felt after winning the heavyweight title, not realizing that boxing chewed him up, spit him out, didn't get all that he thought he would from holding those titles. Shannon Briggs, same deal. You know, boxing chewed him up, spit him out. He was out of boxing for three years, and both of the guys suffered some of the same vices, and both of them are trying to do the same thing. So I just think the story speaks for itself. I think the timing is fantastic, and here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. I would go Brooklyn versus Britain. This is what I would go with. i go Tyson Fury versus Shannon Briggs, Billy Joe Saunders versus Danny Jacobs on the same card. That's the way I would go. I think you put those two guys, two guys from Brooklyn, two guys from Britain on the same card against each other. <sighs> Monster card. Monster card. What, I mean, I don't know where you do it. Do you do it in America or do you do it across the bond? Who gives a rat's ass? I mean, it, it it speaks for itself; it sells itself. Those two guys, Billy Joe Saunders, and Tyson Fury; those guys those guys go hit by hit. You got the Miracle Man, Danny Jacobs, one of the best stories all time in boxing. I mean, it'd be and then and then Shannon Briggs against Tyson Fury. You're talking you're talking inspiration. You're talking comedy. It's got all the parts of a movie that you want. I mean, these guys are going to sell the hell out of a fight. You are uh, you're going to have obviously monster bleep talking from both of the Travelers. And I just think I, th- I think it'd be a fantastic notion. Brooklyn versus Britain, let's go. That, that that in itself, I think, will make for a fantastic, compelling matchup. But now you put on it three out of the four guys who are just monster promoters. Danny Jacobs, you know that they're trying to do everything they can to put his story on the line even more because he's got one of the best all-time in boxing From from what he came back from. I mean, all the comebacks that you talk about, Fury, Briggs, Danny Jacobs, and then you put on top of it Billy Joe and all the things that he's been through and what he can do to build up a fight, Pfft, come on, man. That speaks for itself. You mix those four onto a card with one another, I think you got yourselves a home run boxing promotion. Not only a great fight with some, with some compelling matchups, but just the promotion, will, for, for, it, will, it, it speaks for itself, it'll be fantastic. Briggs versus Fury jacobs versus billy joe saunders boom let's do it britain versus brooklyn right in stone i will take my commission check wherever you please mtk eddie hearn you guys can send it down here 7-9 the ticket you can find the address on the internet you can make it out to cash if you want to because that is that's a home run idea right there mark it up and what a double header that would be it'd be awesome i don't care where you do it i'd like it to be in america uh, so, I don't have to travel to London. But if I have to travel to London, I'll do it. We're going. I mean, if this fight is happening, you make that thing happen, it's my idea. Bangers and Mash. We're going to London. We're going to eat Shepherd's Bar. We're we, we, we going to have ourselves some Bangers and Mash, some fish and chips. We're going to go to Buckingham Palace. What it takes? I'm going to go over there. On me J.J. Jersey on. Number 36 on Eagles. Maybe I'll wear a throwback JHI jersey to the Dolphins. How about that? It's already a throwback. My JHI authentic jersey went up in value. Back-to-back 200-yard games in that jersey. And they're going to be like, Oh, look at that guy. You're the greatest football player, American football player in London history. I say, yeah, we do. Because we're repping Miami down here. So we're taking this, whatever the hell radio row they got across the pond over there with their fog and their Big Ben and whatever the hell they got going on over there. We're going. I don't, I don't care if we got to have the broadcast. In, in, in the lawn of Buckingham Palace, next to one of those guards with the fuzzy hats. We're going. That's, that's happening. So, I'm just saying, man. Billy Joe Saunders versus Danny Jacobs. Tyson Fury says in this comeback fight, he wants Shannon Briggs. We know Shannon Briggs wants to fight Tyson Fury. Let's go. We're ready. We're ready. We're re- Let, let's make this happen now. Make it happen now. And let's make it happen fast. That's a fantastic matchup right there. Good God. Good God. I mean, it couldn't be any easier. Anyway, speaking of which, speaking of fight promotions that are so easy to put up and are getting screwed up, I saw this this week. So this Jeff Horn is becoming the most annoying person in boxing, and here's what I mean. So this guy fights in Australia, right? Jeff Horn. Everybody knows he 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 uh, he walked away with the with a win over Manny Pacquiao with a ski mask. He had not seen anything that outrageous since uh, since Tim Bradley walked away with a decision over Manny Pacquiao. And he's fighting at 6.30 in the morning this past week because Australia, they're flipped on their head with the time zones. And uh, he stops his Gary Kokorin, retains his WBO title. So Bob Arum says, boom, here's what we're going to do. Terrence Crawford, Jeff Horn, Vegas, April, you're welcome. And it's great. I think Terrence Crawford unifies the division. Jeff Horn has got a chance to go up against a real monster in Terrence Crawford. Who, By the way, this is a rub you don't hear a lot. Floyd Mayweather uh, Jr. comes out this week, we got some news on him next segment regarding his future. Comes out this this week, and he's asked by fighthype.com, and he's asked, uh, "Who now that you're out, Floyd, who is the number one pound-for-pound fighter on your mind? And he says Terrence Crawford, and that's some rub that you want. You want Floyd Mayweather. I mean, if you're going to get – and this, I thought that was cool of Floyd because he's got no ties to him, you know, top-ranked guy, um, but just respects the game. Everybody respects Terrence Crawford. Everybody – really, he's a guy I think is right now one of the most feared in boxing. And this Chef Horn comes out. And he's got he's got the the cojones to say, eh, you know what? Instead I think I might stay here and, and I fight some old ass Anthony Mundine in Australia. Nah man, guess what? That thing has a W in front of it. it doesn't have an A. It's not the Australian championship of the world. It's enough with fighting in Australia. Alright? Unless you're gonna be in there and you're actually gonna be fighting koala bears. I don't give a rat's ass about you fighting any more Australians, Jeff Horn. You got that that stupid belt because there was a fix-in. I don't know who was paid off, but you didn't beat Manny Pacquiao. You got gifted a belt after getting your, your your face caved in by Pacquiao, who then does the thing that he's done late in his career when he knows he's got a guy beat, takes the takes the foot off the pedal, which is very frustrating by Manny, but he had you beat anyway. I mean you hit like you, you landed like 15% of your shots. So you didn't deserve to win that fight. You got some bum that you fight at 6:30 Eastern time in America. And so, here you are, Jeff Horn. You're offered the opportunity to beat one of the best on the planet to prove yourself, and you're like, "Nah, I'm going to fight some other dude from Australia who's 100 years old. Get the hell out of here. Scratch the W off that belt, put an A on it plus an asterisk." Because not only was that belt gifted to him, because it was a it was a bogus decision, but now he just wants to fight fights in Australia. Get the hell out of here, man. I mean, they're going to put you on ESPN twice, and Bob Arum, and Lord knows I'm no fan of his. I I mean I, I'm last in line to 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 help Bob Arum if he trips if he trips in a puddle. But he's given you the opportunity to fight one of the best pound for pound fighters on the planet. And he say, no thanks. And your promoter, this Dean, what the hell's his name? Lonergan? Just sounds like a bad guy. And he says, Terrence is one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the planet. One of the toughest. But, but it's really tough to get big money. And the reason is because he's absolutely poor with media. He's not a great communicator. He's no Conor McGregor. Guess what, man? No one's Conor McGregor. Nobody. Every one of these people in the UFC who's trying to be Conor McGregor, they can't be Conor McGregor. There's one Conor McGregor. There's not going to be another Conor McGregor. You're lucky to have a Conor McGregor. And you ain't finding him in boxing. And by the way, you ain't no you ain't no first prize as it comes to being a box office draw either. I heard this guy when he's up there with Teddy Atlas. And Teddy Atlas is sitting there and saying, hey, guess what? Didn't really win that fight. And he's like, ee-haw, ee-haw. what is that? That's some that I, I missed that one of the McGregor playbook. Jeff Horn, excuse me. When your nickname's the Hornet, does that mean you actually talk like a Hornet? I mean, get it the hell out of here. You act like you're some orator. What 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 is that? You, you're not gonna fight Terence Crawford because you don't like his interviews. Excuse me. I didn't know we were up there getting into a debate. And secondly, if you're gonna make that claim. Your fighter better be Conor McGregor when it comes to being a mouthpiece. Get the hell out of here. D- you're going to fight some dude, Anthony Mundine. Excuse me if I've missed any of his post-game interviews. Because I haven't given a rat's ass about any of his fights. But you're going to come out of here and you're going to say, Oh, Terrence Crawford doesn't deserve the fight. Because you should be happy Terrence Crawford would even consider you for a fight. What a fraud champion you are. Gifted by a bunch of judges. And you're going to hold it hostage in Australia fighting wallabies and dingoes for the rest of your life i don't want to see a jeff horn fight i tell you right now if you don't fight chance crawford next good luck having me talk about any of your fights for the rest of time if i wasn't uh, i tell you this you're lucky i was up doing the morning show otherwise i wouldn't nobody would have tuned into that fight unless, unless you were up at, at the ass crack of dawn watching boxing no one's tuning into that nonsense but good luck making yourself a star good luck finding the next conor mcgregor Jeff Horn's like, uh, and this is the same dummy who comes out and says, oh, 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 we have an offer with Conor McGregor. No, you don't. You think Conor McGregor's going to fight Jeff Horn? Are you out of your bleeping mind? He's got Manny bleeping Pacquiao calling him out. You haven't sold three nickels worth of pay-per-view in your life. Anyway, we got uh, we got some news on the uh, future Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. We'll give you that next. It's Fighters Fury on AM 790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury, you got 790, The Ticket. got the Aquan Orange pregame show coming up after us. They will get you set for Dolphins and Bills. Still in the hunt, those Dolphins. Good luck, boys. Please don't blow a game in, in Buffalo. That's like your thing. Be, you get, a, you, get a, you get an unexpected win against the Patriots, and then it'll be like, ah, yak yeah, it all over on the Bills. Win today. People can talk about the hunt. That, that AFC is garbage. You can still be in it. Anyway. Uh, so this was interesting to me this week so floyd mayweather's in the news and conor mcgregor's in the news these guys always seem to make news in the same week so floyd comes out on instagram he's on instagram live he's just spewing some nonsense you know just just chatting it up saying a lot of things but the most interesting thing that he said was this he comes out and he was talking about his comeback and he apparently says ufc has offered him a deal That could earn him more money than he's ever earned. I'm Money May. You know they just called me. They just called me not too long ago and asked me to come back. I can come right back if I want to. I can come right back to the UFC. I can go fight in the octagon. I can fight. I can go do a, a, a three or four fight deal in the octagon and make a make a billion dollars. Remember, I'm Floyd Money Mayweather, and you love me. All right. So Floyd's coming back to the UFC. I I, I'm very confused by this. First of all, I don't believe it because (laughs) first of all, I I just think the idea that they would offer him a multi-fight deal is funny. It's not even that they just offered him a one-off deal. Hey, fight McGregor in the octagon and let's see where this goes. No, 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 Floyd, we're going to give you a multi-fight deal and you can make a billion dollars. And it just, it sounds crazy to me. So I don't know if he's just spewing nonsense. I, I, I lean towards he is. But Conor McGregor comes back this week, and he says that he wants his next fight to be in a true fight. He wants it to be in MMA. So all this talk about fighting Manny Pacquiao next or a boxing match next, no. He says he wants his next fight to be in mixed martial arts. Does that mean that it will? I don't know. Obviously, they got to work out negotiations. They had a a failed round of negotiations. But if I had my, my, my choice, I'd like to see him fight Tony Ferguson and unify the 155 title I'd, I'd like to see that i'd like to see conor defend his belt but we'll see who knows if he does fight i don't think it's going to be until probably the end of the first quarter or beginning of the second quarter of this year uh, but the idea of floyd mayweather is going to come and fight in the octagon i mean first of all does he fight anybody but conor mcgregor that's obviously the story there right if he if he does come back he's going to fight conor mcgregor and conor mcgregor is going to kick him right in the stomach and this is this is not going to be of anything compelling I will say this though. This is what I found interesting. So, um, I don't know how many of you people know about the the uh, the Chechenian president uh, Ramzan Kadyrov. He's uh, if you don't know him, he's the guy who thinks we should still fight to the death. He's the president of Chechnya. He's a bit crazy. Yeah, that's right, Antoine. He wants us to fight to the death. He thinks that he thinks that should be a thing still. Um, you know, if you guys there's a there's an HBO. I'm sure you guys could find it on YouTube or somewhere on the internet. There's a there's an HBO real sports piece about him because his big thing is um his favorite sports mixed martial arts interestingly enough because Floyd's been traveling the world I don't know if this was this week but he did post it this week where he is with uh, Kadirov in person and he's just like uh you know shout out to my guy Kadirov, you know love him and I don't think Floyd knows the difference between UFC or MMA I think he thinks it's all UFC so what I think he means is, I think this Kadyrov offered him a billion dollars to fight three times in Chechnya. That's what I think. That's what I think. I don't think Dana White called him and offered him that money. I think he's fighting Chechnya and Russian money to fight mixed martial arts. Because they don't do boxing in Chechnya. Not that I think, at least. Because, the, I mean, the piece was on mixed martial arts. I mean, this guy nearly wants people to, to throw tridents at themselves. He's crazy. But, we do know he's got bleepy money, wherever it comes from. Probably nowhere on the level. I think Floyd was offered by this Chechenian dude to fight multiple times for a billion dollars. Possibly to the death. That's what I think. Because I, I don't think Floyd knows the difference between mixed martial arts, MMA, and UFC. I don't think he knows. I think he thinks everything in an octagon. I think he thinks it's all UFC. It's not like a shot at Floyd. I, I, just, I genuinely don't think he knows. Like, why would he? You know, Floyd barely, barely knew who, who anybody is in the sport. I just think that I think that's how he rolls. And I just think the idea of it, that the UFC is going to come to Floyd Mayweather, Dana White's going to come to Floyd Mayweather and say, hey, Floyd, how about a multi-fight deal in the UFC? Not a one-off, not one fight, multiple fights. Then, not only that, we're going to offer you a billion-dollar deal, which means they would have to guarantee him 250 million dollars a fight which is crazy money and I'm not saying that Floyd Mayweather isn't worth crazy money but that is crazy bleep you money and the other thing is you got to give Floyd an opponent to match that which means you got to fight him against Conor McGregor which means you got to give Conor McGregor the UFC fighter 250 million dollars so you're paying the fighters 500 million dollars for what could be 30 seconds of work. It just, I, it doesn't, it doesn't compute with me. I don't buy it. It doesn't smell right. Now, I'm not saying Floyd wasn't offered a billion dollars to fight mixed martial arts. I just don't think it was Dana White on the other end of the phone. I think it was the president of Chechnya. That's what I think. That's what I think. I think he was offered that money to fight mixed martial arts. I just don't think it was by the biggest mixed martial arts promotion I think it was by a guy who wants to have fighters die in the ring. So, just just food for thought. Anyway, this one bothered me. This was this is another thing that bothered me. I have a lot of things that bothered me this week. So, there's a story in the LA Times about Teddy Atlas because if you guys noticed on the uh, the Guillermo rigondao Lomachenko fight, Teddy Atlas wasn't on the card, and ESPN. They famously now have a new deal with Top Rank. That is their new partner if you will. And Teddy Atlas wasn't on the card. And they had uh, Mark Kriegel and Tim Bradley with uh, with Joe Tessitore. And it was fine. It wasn't great. I don't think Tim Bradley's very good on the car on uh, on on the broadcast. But it's hard it's hard to find a good boxing broadcaster. Um you know, guys who I think have done it well. I think Hopkins is really good. Roy Jones has gotten really good. Kellerman's obviously good. Lampley's good. Um, Paulie is probably the best. I think Paulie is probably the best going around. He's gotten better and better every year. Uh, I think he's probably. I think. I think uh, of the boxing guys, Paulie Malinaji is is the tops. And I think more. I think. I think really the Showtime card is the best card. Uh, the best. The best crew, if you will. Um, but Teddy Atlas, he is a staple of ESPN. Whenever there is a, whenever there is a boxing card uh having teddy atlas on it is fantastic and so they there's a story in the la times that they took him off the broadcast for a couple of incidents and he said uh he's he apparently they got upset with him ripping the judging in the horn pacquiao fight which is obvious to anybody if you have any credibility as a broadcaster you have to so the fact that he's doing it on the broadcast as it goes I mean, I don't know what to tell you, and I know it was a, an overly honest exchange where he's telling Jeff Horn, "Hey, you didn't win that fight. You got to rub for the judges." Maybe it upset Jeff Horn, but hey, man, that's the truth, and that's what you want out of your broadcasters. And I don't think, I don't think anybody tuning in wants to be sold a bill of goods that Jeff Horn truly won that fight. So Teddy's just doing his job there, and there's apparently another incident that happened in the, in, a, in a Fresno card with the the Jose Ramirez fight, and. Teddy Atlas was arguing with Mark Kriegel and was questioning his credentials. And somebody tells them on the uh off the record, they says, uh, Teddy was given a bunch of chances. The Fresno show was terrible. He was terrible to Mark Kriegel, and that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I didn't watch that broadcast, so I don't know how harsh he was to Mark Kriegel. Um I know Mark Kriegel's very good. I mean, we've had him uh, I've had him on on my one to three show before, uh, talking about the uh that he did he was a producer in the documentary Five Rounds to Freedom, which is a good documentary. Um, I think it's on, I think it's on, uh, is it on Showtime? If you guys have Showtime, you guys can log in and see it there. Neither here nor there. But my point is, look, he is the new guy. And Teddy Atlas is going to question some people's credentials. He's openly honest. And the fact that you got to, uh, you got to bend because he's making Mark Kriegel upset. All right. But if he's, uh, Teddy Atlas for ESPN, he is the face of their boxing uh, uh, analysis. He was there for the entire Floyd Mayweather card. He was there for for the Floyd Mayweather-Conor McGregor card. He's there for every big fight. And you want to talk about viral, the most talked about thing after the Pacquiao-Jeff Horn fight was not just the screw job, but it was Teddy Atlas and Stephen A. ranting. It's like a thing. This past card, they even had Teddy Atlas on SportsCenter afterwards arguing with Stephen A. Smith. I don't even know what the hell they were talking about. But the point being, Teddy Atlas should be on those broadcasts and it's a bummer to see that top rank or whoever the hell is getting upset with this, that Teddy shouldn't be on those broadcasts. I really do. I do believe that, you know, he is, he's the incumbent. He's been there forever. He is the staple of, of their, of their boxing expertise. And look, you know, treat, treat, treat your coworkers good. Uh, If he was nasty to Mark Kriegel, that's a bummer, but you know, it also is the first time that they're working together. So also let it, let it uh, let it gel a little bit. Let it let it let it get a chance to work itself out. It's not the first time that's happened in boxing broadcasts before, where guys have gotten a little tense with one another. There's always that that uh, trainer, reporter, fighter tension that happens, and I think that Teddy Atlas should have been given more of a chance there. Um, I know he's crazy. I know he's uh, I know he's a little bit of a, a loose cannon when it comes to what he can say, uh, when he'll say it. But that's what you like about him. He's compelling, and from my standpoint on the broadcast look ultimately the fight's going to sell whether or not you tune in but for those fringe cards having a good broadcast team does help and i do like having teddy atlas there and having him just be there to be the the circus clown that argues with stephen a smith afterwards when stephen a smith doesn't know what the hell he's talking about when it comes to boxing and teddy atlas just being forced there to be a sideshow it bums me out a little bit because i do enjoy hearing his expertise uh especially when he's with another fighter and from my standpoint, I think he adds more to the broadcast than Mark Kriegel does. And that's not a shot at Mark Kriegel. He does a good job. But I just think Teddy Atlas, from my, my standpoint, is more entertaining when it comes to this stuff. So that just bummed me out to read that this week, that he apparently is now permanently off the ES- ESPN cards. And I don't think he should be. I think that's, uh, that's, too, that's, that's, that's too rough from my standpoint. But maybe more details will come out. But from what I've read, I think that's a, that's a, that's a quick trigger on that decision.